Welcome to Bat Therapy, psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and educator and comic aficionado Keaton Hopkins. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and social media and find our Patreon at patreon.com slash therapy. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. All right, so welcome back to Bat Therapy and our season of infamy. And today we are talking about the Reverend William Stryker. Okay, so I guess I need to admit a little something, something here. <laughs> I I didn't know he was the Reverend oh. until I Wikipedia'd <laughs> him because somebody over here has only watched movies in which he appears and has not actually read any of the comics. Yeah, it's it's really funny because watching the movies, even though he's clearly a villain in these movies, mm-hmm. he's so tame compared oh, no, to really? his comic book counterpart and honestly his comic book counterpart is i feel like he's more set in reality (laughs) unfortunately than the william striker that we know from like x2 and uh x-men origins wolverine because he like he's just like he he started off as like the military colonel and Mm -hmm. all of that but he just has this ultra hatred for for mutants and then he (laughs) he takes it religious and like spreads his hatred somehow the westboro baptist church made it into marvel comics and william Stryker is the pastor that's basically what happened i was about to say it 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 sounds a little bit more because you know how with uh x-men and everything a lot of times there's all this stuff that seems to relate comparing it to thing to like racial discord and all these other things and this one feels very almost lgbtq plus tension type stuff with him you know it does track that way just because like you see he has a son that is a mutant Mm -hmm. and in the movies they give reason for the hatred, the son like kind of tortured them and it drove the mm-hmm. mom crazy and she ended up committing suicide. But in the comic books, as far as I know, his son's a mutant and he just hates them. Like I think in the oh. original continuity, he killed his wife and son once he found out his son was a mutant. And then later on, Yeesh. like, yeah, he's, yeah, he kills Jason Stryker. And then later on, they do it very similar to what they did in X2, where he uses his son and he uses mutants as a way to do evil things and get rid of mutants. He's a very sinister character. Like, I like, I, it's funny I say that because there's a more evil character named Mr. Sinister in Marvel. <laughs> but, like, I just, William Stryker is just, I think he became an uglier character the longer that. America progressed through history just because mm. now I'm like, oh, I know people like him. And that's, yeah. like, I think that's what makes it so bad because it's that like 
it's it's like he's racist and xenophobic and like he's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything that it it feels like you see today in the world that we live in when it comes to things like immigration or mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community racism like it he's still yeah. he's a character that like I think anyone that's ever dealt with that can kind of resonate with in the wrong way like it's like ooh. yeah it is interesting I wonder why I wonder why they went with essentially the first half of his background and not the second half so just the military aspect when it came to the movies it it definitely it plays for a different kind of villain when you have the the military component that someone's playing from and like you said given more reasons in some ways in terms of why would you be afraid so there was more of a fear of survival that was also probably tied to some other stuff going on i mean it was kind of a convenient out but you have all this conveniency of the convenience of being in the military and here's doing it for the country and for humanity and humans and da 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 versus with the religious take at least from your what you're describing seems a lot murkier and and more just kind of different in terms of not having that same survival piece to it well and what's really really interesting is i remember like when i first used to read comics with him in it at the time i would read it and be like oh this is so far-fetched this is so fiction like there's no way like a pastor could talk people into being filled with hatred for another group of people like that would never happen like i remember as a kid like read that because i like i grew up a church kid all that and so like reading that i'm like oh he's such a villain and his followers are clearly like just that would never happen and like i said this is what makes william striker so scary because reality grew into him instead of (laughs) instead of him staying a very far-fetched villain it's one of those things like that could happen now. Like we're in, we we're in an age now where we just like, eh, anything's well, possible. And, and it, well, unfortunately, and these, things, <laughs> these things happen back then too. But yeah. I think with technology and with how, how much more connected everyone is. And also there are more people, yeah. you know, the longer we go, all of these things have added together and it, it just equals more impact than yeah. it did before. These people, yeah, there's just something where some people are so compelling yeah. and can really draw people in. And I I don't know if, if you know folks like this, but I've, I know multiple people who have been in more like cultish environments. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll say, I have, even after they left, it took them like reading about it or it, it took, some other kind of work it took years after they left to even realize oh i was in a cult or i was in right. a cult-like environment right it's, it's it's wild how how all of these things can, can work together well and the thing is what and what if, if we're talking about movie william striker one thing that he is just so good at doing 
it is manipulating people mm. and making them think that they have that opinion when he's controlling it all along. And it was so interesting mm. watching X-Men 2, which honestly, that might be my favorite comic book movie opening of all time with, uh, with Nightcrawler in the White uh, House. Like, yeah. it is such a cool scene. And yeah. it's like, he just takes out all of the uh, Secret Service and he's about to kill the president, but then someone gets a shot off and they're like, okay, what just happened? Why did Nightcrawler, of all people, yep. attack the president? Come to find out, it's William Stryker manipulating Night, uh, forcing Nightcrawler to do that, to manipulate the president into doing what he wants. Yeah. Right? He put the president in a state of fear where he can say, I told you so, right? Yeah. And and that I feel like that happens to us a lot in life where something bad will happen and then someone will come in your ear and justify that as mm. being as something bigger or something to sway you, right? Like yeah. I remember um like uh I remember there was a a time where I was like, like I've talked about, I, I have like a fear of, of dogs, right? Mm. I have a fear of dogs. And in this case, I might've been like the villain because my, uh, I had a friend not afraid of dogs at all. And, uh, she tried to pet a dog and it snapped at her and she was afraid. And I was like, see, exactly. And it's like, no, all dogs are not bad. I have a fear of dogs. And the moment she had a bad experience with one, I, I, I was right there in her ear and I was like, this is what I've been saying all along. Right. And so in that case, your, was, your super villain name would have been cognitive. Right. <laughs> Anti-canine. Right. Like I'm just like, <laughs> right. But cognitive distortion, man. Right. But it's like, I just took her bad, her one bad experience and yep. justified my overall phobia of yeah. dogs which is wrong and that's what william Stryker was was and doing here and so what you're describing is you have to be careful where you get your information from and you have to be careful of the voices that are around you and that can include the voices in your head whether you recognize those voices as your own or someone else's that includes the voices in your head you have to be careful who you listen to what you listen to because not all not all of those voices have the same have the same amount of of reality behind them or the same amount of of knowledge base uh the same amount of honesty even right. and and so you can absolutely you can morph and shift information to your advantage and you have to be careful about someone who is always right right if someone is always right, honestly, they're probably wrong a lot of the time. Because think yeah. about it. Yeah. It's no one. No one's perfect. I've yet to meet a perfect person. I and actually this is how I describe things to my clients all the time. I have yet to meet a perfect person. Therefore, your brain, when it tells you things, it is not right all of the time. You have to question it. And it's the same for other people. So you have to be careful if you take something as truth all of the time. Yeah. Because we are human, there are errors, there are mistakes. Not all the information is available to us at once. Or we have our own prejudices. Right. 
we we focus on certain things and not others in this one situation you focused on that one dog bite and yeah you you recognized there are all these times that dogs don't bite that's not what you were focusing on and so you have to be careful about the person who is never wrong the uh or the voice you never question that's a danger zone yes. because that's when these kinds of things are are happening. Or sometimes someone might be super manipulative <laughs> and they make it sound like they're they're wrong. But if you really listen to what they're saying, they're just kind of on the surface level saying like, oh, I acknowledge that something about me is, you know, I did that wrong or I shouldn't have done it. But really what they're doing is is kind of saying this one little thing is quote unquote wrong as a way of showing how they're right about everything. Right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. people can, can talk around themselves where it, they say the words I was wrong or they say something like, Oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. But then if you listen to the whole, whole conversation, no, they were saying the exact opposite. So, yeah. you, so you have to be even more careful about the people who seemingly acknowledge their flaws or the things they were wrong about, and yet uh, you don't ever question them anyway. It's like, oh, right. they and, talked around that somehow. Yeah, or the yeah, or they're those people. Yeah, because some people they can like use the perfect vocabulary. Yes. To say something super horrible, and you don't really pick up on it, and then you're mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. They just said that was okay. That's not yep. okay at all. And it's but yep. they say or, it in just the right way. Or <laughs> this is my pet peeve. And men are more likely to do this than women. I hey, don't hey, hey, hey. I don't know why. <laughs> and I don't I don't know how true it still is, but at least so so they did this, they did this uh I don't remember if it was a study or an experiment if they were manipulating anything or not, but they looked at school children and essentially or in academia or something. And they, they saw that women would only go to answer a question if they were sure mm -hmm. they were right. And then the men or the boys, I can't remember how old they were, they would answer even if they weren't confident about it. <laughs> Just bold. And so, yeah. And, and I think it has probably something to do with how we're raised and all that stuff. But it's a pet peeve of mine. That's another thing. Pay attention. People will talk confidently about something that they don't know. Yes, they and, will. Oh and so gosh. I will assume if you speak confidently about something, that means you you know that you know it. Yeah. I but there <laughs> there are many people who will speak confidently and they're not sure. Yeah. And I don't it's, know. those yeah those people are extremely dangerous. And yeah, I, I it's always funny when someone just is just an expert at everything. At everything it's something that i try and teach my students i try and teach like i honestly whenever i teach my students at the beginning of this every school year i try and teach them to be able to find things for themselves and the way that mm -hmm. i do that i always do an exercise where i'll open up i'll pretend that first day we're taking serious heavy notes and i'll just start spouting stuff off and writing it down and just saying all this stuff and they're just like frantic and writing it down and doing all this and i'll tell them to drop their pens pencils and i'll say hey none of that's true <laughs> none of it's true that's brilliant. i said, I, said oh. I used huge words i used great vocabulary but none of it is mm -hmm. true yep 
And the reason I tell them that, I said, in this room, in this science classroom, I'm probably the smartest person in this room when it comes to science. I said, but you are only as smart as where you are standing on the planet. And the example I give them, I say, listen, I'm not on TikTok. I don't know how to use TikTok. <laughs> I guarantee you, all of you have TikTok on your phone. All of you know how to use it. I don't know anything about it. In the realm of TikTok, you are the teachers. I'm the student. Mm. If you drop me off in the Amazon rainforest right now, I could probably identify several species. But mm. I don't know how to survive. I'm going to get eaten by an anaconda. And that's, that's, that's what would happen to me if you suddenly just drop me in the Amazon rainforest. I touch the wrong frog and no more back there. <laughs> Like, that's what would happen. You're only as smart as where you are standing um, standing on the planet. It's like the Crocodile Dundee effect. In Australia, he's the king. In a city, and I think that's, kind of lost. Yep, that's another, that's another red flag, right? So someone who's never wrong, and, and it's, it's no matter what. So somehow, no matter what environment they're in, so either it's no matter what environment they're in, somehow they're still the big dog, they're still the the person with the most knowledge, which is not possible. Ex you gave a great example. Or they say, all those other environments, all those other places are dangerous. Don't go to them. Because why? They're not, they're not the big dog in those places. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to William Stryker, the military gives him some obvious helpful pieces to it. So if if you're high up enough, you can say a lot of things, do a lot of things, get away with a lot of stuff. It's why, I, I mean, it's why you get any, all these important things done and, and you need this hierarchy, but it's also why, for example, military sexual trauma issues and, and dealing with that has been such a huge issue is people can be high up and not necessarily a moral person and all these issues happen. It's yeah. just how, how things like that would happen in a structure. So he has that to his benefit and he does have kind of that flair to him. He's, he's someone who's going to command a room. Yeah. He absolutely commands a room. And whenever he's not the person in command, he's pulling strings to control the person in yeah. command. Cause even in like X-Men origins, I'm like, how is he justifying experimenting on mutants right now and mm. you hear him talking to his like basically his boss or the general in the movie at that point and he's like huh america's not gonna be on the back lines anymore we're gonna be able to control things we're gonna be we're, we're gonna be in the limelight again like he's saying everything that that general wants to hear to be like yeah stars and stripes like he's he's saying that yep. to justify the fact that he is experimenting on yep. mutants and doing these horrible horrible things and you know he's hiding the worst part right he's hiding yep. the fact that he like shot up a village of innocent people he's hiding the 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 fact that he has no issue torturing and and killing he's hiding all of that underneath look i'm trying to help america and mm -hmm. His bosses, of course, the president, the general, the only thing they're thinking is, yeah, helping America is the most important thing. And, but not 
what he's actually doing and even and so it's 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 really he's a he's a very interesting villain to watch because not only is he able to manipulate the people he's manipulating the very thing he dislikes yeah right he always has mutants working for him i found that very interesting too yeah where here is someone who the very thing he fears he hates he wants to get rid of he's literally got next to him the entire time yeah and yeah that that is so interesting but it was also also very interesting kind of how because i was asking myself how is he explaining that away to him to him and there was one scene that really stood out to me where in in x x-men 2 he essentially lobotomizes his son so that he once again he's manipulating and so he's using his son to control other mutants and i think it's professor x asks how could you do that to your son and he says my son is dead or my son died a long time ago or something like that i think it was my son died a long time ago and that was that was a big key point i yeah i think he in particular uh finds ways to separate the humanity out in some ways and then seeing them as almost objects these are objects i he 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 depersonalizes them i think and i i'm i'm going to use this one weapon to kill this other weapon yeah. and i don't want to know what happens to the weapons he's using once he accomplishes his goal yeah. that's yeah yeah and he he sees mutants as a tool to use that is a means to an end. It's it's mm. it's very interesting because yeah, he has no issue. He has no issue whatsoever using them as tools and you know disliking them. and it but it goes all the way back to even our past conversations where we talked about like Captain America truth and like the Tuskegee experiments and how they just experimented on African Americans wrongfully mm-hmm. as a and they justified it by saying, hey, but we're trying to cure this disease. Hey, we're trying mm-hmm. to do this good thing. And and that's the way he does it. It's like, hey, look, yep. Mr. President, look, this mutant almost killed you. Yeah. Let me dig a little deeper and see what's yep. happening. While he's also doing other things behind the scenes, but he's given just enough power to do what he wants after manipulating someone the same way he wanted the weapon x program to proceed and there was only one Mm -hmm. person that could do it wolverine okay how can he manipulate wolverine in x-men origins oh my gosh he is just the ultimate puppet master in x-men origins he's controlling victor he's Mm -hmm. controlling wolverine he controls all of the weapon x characters like he he controls i mean he had his own mutant posse silver fox is that her name Oh, I don't the, know. the girl, the 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 love interest in X Men Origin. He's controlling her because he has her her mm-hmm. sister captive, who in this continuity is um, Emma Frost, which was yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so okay, let's. I mean, <laughs> okay, you're not. So yeah. what? 
Because <laughs> Deadpool, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead, yep, Deadpool, that's Deadpool was a far worse offense. Can we talk about how, <laughs> Ryan, like, uh, when I was talking, I, when I was rewatching this movie, my wife made a great comment. She said, can we talk about how Ryan Reynolds was so good in the small <laughs> snippet of yep, uh, X-Men yep. Origins Wolverine that they were like, you know what? We we'll need to make full Deadpool with this guy because yeah, like we'll he nailed it. it in just the little line, <laughs> the few lines that he had. He was so he, good. He was so he great. Really, he really did nail it to the point where you think to yourself, man, that director might have thought to himself, maybe, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we well, shouldn't do this. So I'm not going to lie. I follow, I follow Ryan Reynolds on Instagram mm. and I'm not convinced that he hasn't just become Deadpool. I'm gonna be honest. He might have been Deadpool all along. Right. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah. I'm. I'm gonna pretend I'm a comic he book expert here, and I'm gonna say that Ryan Reynolds was born Deadpool and then happened to play it. Like I think that's what. I- uh, yeah. I I think that's I think that's a reasonable yeah. Yes. Ryan Reynolds, come on my podcast and talk to us about that. <laughs> Hashtag Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Hashtag Deadpool. <laughs> but I, I'll I'll. Yeah, there were some interesting things, but Deadpool was probably the most interesting of of the changes. They 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 you know, they were trying to throw in a bunch of people which was fun. Uh that was enjoyable, but some of the changes are interesting. But yeah, and the thing the thing that's interesting about that in X-Men Origins is that Striker is clearly manipulating all of the people in the Weapon X program and mm-hmm. some of them are fine with it because they're like I like killing people like Zero yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, Victor. Yep. They're just kind of cool with it because they're like, I'm all about violating the Geneva Convention anyway. Like, who cares? Victor's like, I know you're full of shit. And yeah. I'm on board. Yeah, and I'm here for it. Who do I kill <laughs> next? And Logan is like, that's not okay. And then later on, uh, like John Wraith is like, you know what? He's not cool. That's messed up. And uh, <laughs> my boy, what's his name? Dominic Monaghan, he got, yeah, he was just all, he's like, you know what? I'm going to leave and just join the fair. <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm oh, yeah. I'm a yeah. dip and just join the fair. <laughs> but like, yeah, and all along, like, but certain people like agents, like Zero, he stuck by him. He was completely fine with yeah. it. He's like, you know what? I get to wake up and kill an old couple today that's completely innocent. This is the life I've always wanted. Like, he's completely <laughs> fine with it and there's always those people like if you're being manipulated by somebody there's always that one person that's like i know i'm being manipulated i don't care i like to fight like you know it's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things and you have to be careful about it because sometimes you'll be in and what's interesting and i thought about this while watching x-men origins wolverine was in a essentially a room full of people and he was the only one that felt bad. Yeah. 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 And so many times we can be in that situation and we think we're the oddballs when in reality, we just happen to be in a room full of people in the wrong. Right. And, and yeah, I feel like that happens. So I feel like it happens to every person at least once in life where they think they're the odd person when in reality, they just happen to be in a room full of the odd people. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of interesting group dynamic stuff out there. And it, I mean, it's all complicated because groups can just vary so much. Uh, just one one simple example is culturally. What cultures do people come from yes. is going to affect how a group does things. But e- even so, it, yeah, it can be really interesting because so absolutely when you're in a group, a lot of times there's a majority voice that's going to come into play. It's either the loudest voice or the one that has the most consensus, but mm-hmm. essentially you you have what seems to oversee the group. And yeah, if 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 you're not in consensus with the group, especially if it's more authoritarian like this, yeah. if it's and and hey, if people are being violent or very threatening about how how they treat people that disagree with them oh boy there's gonna be a lot of reasons to not say anything if, if you don't agree with everyone else yeah. but there's also there's also group think so you know they'll look at things where all of a sudden you have a group of people go and ravage uh, an area of town or something or say all these terrible things and and a lot of times people will step away from that and almost be shocked right they might almost be shocked about i can't believe i did that or how how did i get to that point and so sometimes too you have to be careful because when groups come together a lot of times you might inadvertently become more and more extreme versions of yourself like in a mentality. certain way right yeah there right. can be this mob mentality that can happen uh and so having a group of different people is great for things like brainstorming or being creative and coming up with new ideas but if you do it wrong you actually halt the ideas and you have less creativity and less information sharing if you don't do it the right way and it's it's always like whenever you're in those situations it's all like there's nothing wrong with pausing to think there's nothing wrong with pausing to think there's nothing wrong with getting away there's nothing wrong with asking a second opinion because so Mm -hmm. many times you'll be in those situations and people will make it seem like you have to act now. You need to do this right mm. now. We're asking you to do this now. And it's like, no, you don't have to. Like, uh, and like I've been told before, like when um people are trying to like finance a car, uh, and mm-hmm. they are at the dealership and they'll yep. bring in like three or four different people in the room and they're writing all these numbers and they're saying all these things that are like sign here. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. I need to think about this. And they're making it seem like you can't think about it. But in Mm -hmm. reality, it's like, no, you absolutely can't. It's the same thing when people join, like if you've ever been approached or gone to an event that's clear, that's you find out later on as a pyramid scheme. It's so interesting because you're in there. They're so inspirational. They're so charismatic. And they're like, Hey, all you, and, and it's something crazy. Like, Hey, all you need to do, is give us $500, right? And you're like, oh, what? That's a lot of money. And they're like, no, it's not. Because look, you get these paper towels and you get these glue sticks and we're going to give you a t-shirt right now. And the way they're saying it, it's like they completely justify you giving them $500 and they act like you don't, you have to do it right now. Because if you do it right now, you'll enter at this level and then you'll get these things. But what you need to do is you need to stop. You need to think about it. You need to redefine Mm -hmm. print. 
because what's happening is you're being manipulated. And that was one thing I really liked about that scene in uh, X-Men Origins, because when William Stryker was in that village and he was completely fine with slaughtering all those people yeah. and the rest of Weapon X was fine with slaughtering all those people, Logan mm -hmm. was the one and he was just like, no, this isn't okay. I quit. Go ahead. Try to kill me. You can't because that's my superpower. And he was just <laughs> out. And I loved yep. it. And by the way, there's a really funny and awkward deleted scene where there's a, oh. little, uh, a little girl in that village with silver hair. Yeah. And it's supposed to be sto a, a, a baby storm. And uh -huh. it starts lightning and raining in that scene. And when he walks away, the scene where they show, like, the rest of the group, like, looking at him walk away, it's also just a little girl in the middle of all of them <laughs> while it's lightning and raining. It's the weird, and it looks so weird. It looks so weird because it's like all of Weapon X committing war crimes. But also, here's a baby storm, and she's the reason it's lightning and raining right now. It's so weird. <laughs> It's so weird. Please look that scene up, everyone. If you just type in, like, Young Storm X-Men Origins, it'll pop up, and it's like an hour and 48 seconds of awkwardness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're totally right about make sure that you're reading the fine print, taking time. And I think another piece, too, is you, you were saying get a second opinion. Or, yeah, if, if someone's pressuring with time and they don't want you to get any help in making a decision. Those are definitely other warning signs that, okay, someone here might be trying to convince me of something and it might not be in my best interest. Yes. Or, or they approach you when you're at your most vulnerable, which is another yeah. thing that William yep. Stryker would did because when, when in X-Men origins, when Wolverine thought that, his uh his girlfriend was dead and he was super angry because he thought Victor mm -hmm. did it immediately. William Stryker was right there and he's like, I can help you get him. All yep. you have to do is what I want you to do and mm -hmm. then you'll be strong enough to beat him. It's like I said with the car salesman thing. Imagine if as soon as you got in a car wreck and found out your car was totaled, a car salesman was like, <laughs> I have exactly what you need. All you got to mm -hmm. do is come over here sign the papers and you're thinking to yourself yes this is what i need right now i need a new car mm -hmm. i'm doing anything to get it and they're like i am so they're they are so hyped to completely rip you off but yeah. you don't have time to think about that because you're in the moment you're in your you're you're not really and thinking that, you're not thinking clearly and 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 that really is key mm -hmm. so so keaton is talking you're talking about this okay you're at your most vulnerable. Something has happened. And yeah, you've got to process through that. Yeah. You're, you're feeling a lot. Your brain's trying to filter through a lot of stuff. If you're just coming down from that car accident, it really isn't the time. Because you're probably going to go with the car that's the most armored and is going to would be, have been the best car given the accident you were just in. Right. But that was one moment in time. Yeah. You have to have time to process through those extreme moments. 
so that they can kind of average out into the rest of everything. So you can make a decision based on everything, not just this one point in time. But yeah, someone who's trying to manipulate, someone who's trying to take advantage, they're looking for, they're looking for those trigger points. And they're really going to stick to, yeah, you're right. He does really get Wolverine right at the pristine moment. Oh man, you see this look on Wolverine's face when he realizes that he was had and he went through this brutally (laughs) painful, like literally the person about to put him through it was like, yo, uh, this is going to be terrible. Here's what I suggest you do to just try and hold on. He goes, trust me, I've been through worse. And they went, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. You you really have it, bro. That scene, you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he's, but he's, but like you said, the expert in the room, he's like, I fought in the Civil War. I've got this, (laughs) right? Like, he's like, I've been hit by a cannonball. I've got this, right? He's the expert <laughs> in that situation. And that one doctor, she's just like, nah, nah but but really though, this is this is really gonna suck. Like I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> Mr. War Hero, like I'm trying to tell you this is not gonna be like Vietnam. Like this is really, really bad. <laughs> and he's and when like, you nah, go, this, this isn't like Vietnam, this is really, really bad. Oh no. I know, right. Oh right. no! Right, exactly, exactly. Like it's one of those things where you you look at it, and nine times out of ten, Wolverine would probably be right. I've been through worse, especially knowing his I mean, history. I would argue like nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Right, <laughs> he would be completely <laughs> yeah. right. And yeah. after this, he is right. After this, uh-uh. after he lives this, fine, Wolverine. You know what? You've been through worse. You have. Oh, but no here's the irony. Happened. Here's here's the irony. It don't count. He don't remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, oh, right. can I can I can I mention can I mention a catch point that I just I can't get over in Origins? It it doesn't have to well, it kind of has to do with William Striker because he chooses okay. So he's got the adamantium mm-hmm. uh bullets, yeah. right? And he goes, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my weapon Wolverine and here's what I'm going to do. I can't kill him and I don't really want to anyway because that's a cool weapon I can have. I'm just going to shoot him in the head. And and he's he's like, because he'll still be able to remember how to function and da-da-da, but he will lose all of his memories about who he is. Very good thing. <laughs> and, and, I, and I said to myself, uh, that's that works okay so and it's okay so (laughs) he shoots him Mm -hmm. like in his forehead right straight and it looks like it doesn't go too terribly far but even if it does how it makes no sense it makes no because he he essentially says there's a lot of that movie that doesn't make any sense but yeah that is one part (laughs) (laughs) he essentially says his brain will repair itself but not in the way that I don't want it to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because, so, okay, you're only damaging the parts of his brain that have to do with memory. First off, that would be difficult to do. Second of all, you aimed wrong. Yeah. Because uh, he would be hitting the prefrontal cortex. And so that's going to be a different kind. That's going to be your working memory. That's going to be, um, you can't hold on to new information. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Uh, it also is probably going to change your personality. Uh, it's also going to make it hard to regulate your emotions. Not that Wolverine was ever good at that, but it would make him worse at it. Uh, and and yeah, so I I was like, um, okay. <laughs> so I I wasn't really a fan of that. I would more believe because I think in in X Men Two, I think they said his memories were lost during the adamantium process that's that's definitely what they made it seem like that would make more sense to me because it could be more of a trauma kind of thing and also that could affect you in a way that's not as targeted as that bullet was and so okay that could like toy with your brain in a different way so that one i believed more now here's something that's interesting uh there's another deleted scene in x-men origins that uh, makes William Stryker even more of a master manipulator. He has a conversation with Wolverine where he convinces him that he wants his memory erased. He's like, imagine what it would be like if you didn't have to remember all the wars, all the bloodshed, and you could just wake up and start over. And he convinces Wolverine that he wants his memory erased. Of course, it's exactly what William Stryker wants and mm-hmm. needs. But Wolverine is thinking, hey, yeah, this does sound nice. Forgetting about all these, hun- this, these hundreds of years of battles that I've fought and, and, and bad things that I've done. Like, he, he's uh. still the puppet, the ultimate puppet master. Mm-hmm. It's still all the way through and through and it's it's yeah he's a he's a very interesting character in how he does that now the and what's funny is also one thing i'll touch on too is how it was still inherited ideals because in uh x-men first class william striker's father is in the movie and he is Mm -hmm. anti-mutant He's anti-mutant. Mm, yep. And they don't do much. It was almost like they just drop him in there. Like, by the way, hey, look, it's Agent Stryker, and he doesn't like mutants. And then later on, in those <laughs> sequels, they throw his son in there, and he doesn't like mutants. And so I always, I always thought that was interesting, because even though William Stryker is this character, it's like, oh, he has his own reasons for hating mutants, it was still an idea that was passed down from a source of trust a parent a parent that says hey don't do this don't trust this person don't like this Mm -hmm. person it's still coming from a person where it's like oh of course i'm gonna listen to them and and i i just thought that was also very very interesting because there's so many times where we may be talked into doing the wrong thing because of who the message is coming from. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing is that it's, it's important to know who has, who has the power to convince you of things. And actually in therapy all the time, I'm, I'm listening for where our message is coming from. And encouraging people to pay attention to that and question it. 
not saying that they have to change what they do with it, but giving themselves the opportunity to if they want to. So um, one of the really unfortunate things that you might have is uh, let, let's take a parent-child relationship. Right. Well, let's say that unfortunately some parents treat their children terribly and prove themselves to be dishonest and manipulative and all these things that Stryker is with Wolverine, for example. Or, you know, he does stuff to his own son that's not great. So let, let's say that's the kind of relationship someone has with their parent or their significant other or a friend or whoever. Uh, but then they come in and they, they're talking about all these things about themselves. And you're like, oh, man, you know, where does this idea about how terrible of a person you are? Where does that come from? Yeah. And you come to find out it's it's essentially the voice of this other person. You go, well, how how good of a source are they really? And that's the thing is is we can innately just take a source at its word, and it's really important to really look at it carefully and and consider hey, is this actually a reputable source? Is this someone that is worth listening to? Because sometimes you're just drawn into it. Yeah. And it can take a lot to rewire yourself, to stop yeah. just falling in line with that person and what they're saying. And that is what makes comic book William Stryker that much more terrifying. Because in oh. the comic books, he is a pastor. He's a reverend. Mm. People look at him as yep. a moral compass they're like hey if i can trust anyone i can trust mm -hmm. this guy to lead yeah. me in the right direction and he's leading them completely in the wrong direction right and yeah, yeah. and they're that much more in on it because they're like hey not only is this a moral compass but as a religious person i see mm -hmm. this from an eternity standpoint like i need yeah. like i don't want to listen to him i need to listen mm. to him and so he yeah. really it's 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 funny because i look at how much he has people in the palm of his hand in the movies and compared to the way he has people in the palm of his hand in the comics it's like oh wow that's well and, yeah. oh yeah it would be totally different because yeah a religious person who is is in a point of leadership that's totally different yeah. than someone higher up in the military or in politics or in this case you know he's kind of traversing between the two that's th yeah those are totally different yeah and you might still follow someone very strongly but you're absolutely right i mean the the kinds of things that you're you're hitting on with religion if it if you're someone who does feel strong ties to that religion or the, that belief system, a lot of times that's going to gonna hit a lot deeper, I guess, in certain ways. And I had a versus, question for you about that too. Yeah. I mean, with, with Stryker, the military person, I mean, people feel very loyal and, and there's a lot of commitment and, and beliefs and stuff there, but you also have a lot of people where it's like, well, I have to follow him. It's the rule. And actually, if you have that there, sometimes that yeah. helps. Yeah. Because Especially with the military standpoint. It's like, I'm just following orders. Exactly. So I think I've mentioned this. It's been a while, like way back when. But they, they did a study once where they had people lie. 
they did a really boring study and then they were supposed to lie to the next person coming in and tell them that it was actually fun and interesting. And they paid you $1 or I think it was $20. And um, if they gave you $1, you actually ended up thinking that it it had been more interesting than it was versus if it if they gave you $20, you said, no, I lied because I got 20 bucks. So yeah, it's like if if you have enough of another reason, like I follow them because it's part of the chain of command, in some ways that can help you kind of separate things a little bit more. Yeah. So what was your what was your question? So my question is whenever people just trust someone like William Stryker, is is do you think it's more that they trust them? or that they don't trust themselves? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Someone specifically like William Stryker, like pastor, reverend? Yeah, me? yeah, okay. like a reverend. Like, I, like that's, what I, I, that's what I wonder, because, you know, you see stuff, you see stuff like this a lot, where people will, like, you know, they'll believe a conspiracy, or they'll, like, believe an entire group of people is horrible or you know like they'll believe it ain't because someone said it and so many times i ask myself hey do they believe that because this person said it or do they believe this because they don't trust themselves to make a decision on their own so they needed someone else to to help right so i if we're specifically talking about Reverend William Stryker, yes. what I would say is, is I would assume that he is probably, probably looking for people. He's very charismatic. Are, yes. And he's looking for the people who want someone to lead them. Yeah. Because when you are the kind of person who is trying to manipulate and create your own group you're looking for the people who are most primed and ready like you were saying the people that are in the, their most vulnerable state and so and okay so like let's let's make things sound a little questionable as, as a therapist i mean we kind of do that too i'm i'm looking for the weak points i'm not looking for the weak points in order to make someone follow me and do what i want but i'm looking for the weak points in terms of Okay, where where is the opening so we can f- help help with the change? Right. And so you're always looking for that piece. And so um what I would say is probably for him, yeah, he's going to have a lot of people who feel probably overwhelmed with the world and need someone to provide them with some sort of map that just makes sense of it. Even unfortunately a lot of times we're desperate for answers to a world that has a lot of questions that we're there's always going to be questions we're not always going to have everything answered and that's scary and overwhelming and for some people they need they need some sort of leader and that's not necessarily a problem but it's a problem when you're not able to really step back and see hey is this leader actually someone who's going to help me or is it someone who overall is is going to be more harmful? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that you're going to be be more prone uh, to kind of falling in with him if if you do really have that sense of I, I want a strong leader to 
help me know um, what to trust, what not to trust in this big, wild, scary world. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You know, and it's unfortunately, sometimes that leader is not a good person. Yeah. And, you know, to put things to, you know, kind of put things um, a little bit, a little bit in reality with how this can actually happen. Um, a, a friend of mine, he showed me a website and all the website did was uh, report crime that happened in our country. However, mm. The crime that it reported was crime where uh, African Americans were hurting uh, white people. It just so happened to be a website like that where uh. it was just only reporting that. Yes. And so using that website, what someone would say is, look at our country and what is mm -hmm. happening and completely steer you against an entire group of people based yep. off of this one thing you are seeing. And it just, and you know, it's, it's what blows my mind is how often so many times comic books are set in reality. Like we're talking mm. every week, Amelia, we talk, fiction we talk fantasy we talk mm -hmm. the craziest things but it's so often set in reality and is a uh, a direct portrayal of 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 society that's right now it's it's yeah. mind-blowing and at times it's scary because yeah. it's like we're, we're talking about william striker right now but at the same time we know people <laughs> Like, not only Colonel William Stryker, but the Reverend William Stryker. Yep. Like, we know people out there that are like that, that have the puppet, that have the puppet strings, where they're yep. swaying you one way or the other. And it's one of those things where it's like, I wish I could tell everyone on the planet, hey, pause, think for yourself make a choice right yeah it's like there's so many times where i'm just like listen there is nothing wrong with pausing there's nothing wrong with looking up that facebook meme that you just saw and seeing if it's <laughs> true before you click the share button right yeah. there's nothing wrong with not believing what your parent just sent you from the next door <laughs> app there's nothing wrong with let me give an example <laughs> They said that Patrick Swayze was dead before he died. He lived, I think, at least a few more years, actually. Yeah. There, there was a time where people were saying he they had died or was dying. Or, and he's, yeah, and he wasn't the only person this has happened to. Yeah. Uh, heck, I mean, back before all this technology and stuff, they... They put out a newspaper with the wrong president. <laughs> you know, what was that a hundred years ago? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, that was. Was... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you have to be. You do have to be really careful. And and here's something to keep in mind as well. It's not just these manipulative people out there who are trying to convince you of something. Your own brain will literally try and convince you of things. There are certain things that you believe, and. When you see information that does not match 
your response, there's no ifs, ands, or buts, your response will be, well, that can't be true. Look at that and pay attention to it because it, are you responding to the fact that the information you're looking at, well, okay, that's that information, it's flawed or it's missing something for some reason, or are you reacting to it purely because your brain believes something and therefore it's become rigid? Right. Because we often, when we think it, we our assumption will be that it's probably true. Yeah. And yeah, we misremember things all of the time. Just think about any kind of situation where you've argued with someone because you both were there and you remembered it differently and you both know that you're right. <laughs> I'm the one that put this away. No, I put it away. And you, no. neither one of you is lying. Yeah. So... Be careful because you can also inadvertently be the person coercing. Yes. You could be coercing yourself. You could inadvertently be coercing other people, kind of like you were saying with the share button. Check what it is before you share it. Look at the original source. Also, what I would argue, do not rely on one source. Do not rely on one author. Do not rely on one person's voice. Um because that gives you one perspective yeah and life is not simple and so if all the information 100 percent agrees with itself and it's black and white you're probably missing some of the data i have a i have a funny a really funny example uh of that there was i had a um friend in college and he despised starbucks like he mm-hmm. hated Starbucks and like whenever we would be studying late at night, the only option would be Starbucks because there was like a Starbucks in our library. Like the only mm-hmm. option was stop, but he hated Starbucks and he was like, don't go there. Horrible company, blah, blah, blah. And like he would just go in on it. Finally, years later, after missing out on Starbucks because he insisted on it, I was like, what is your deal? Why do you not like Starbucks? And he told me the reason he does not like Starbucks is because one time. Oh, no. It took forever. He was running late for work. It took forever for them to make a Starbucks. And he ended up getting a ticket because he ran a red light. <laughs> and that night, we like, we stopped. I stopped studying. I was like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me right now? Because I knew him in undergrad. We went all the way through grad school together. Like, this is, I missed out on this for years, thinking that this must have been a political issue. This must have been (laughs) something drastic. Like, they were out here murdering chipmunks. Like, I don't know what was happening. But I just assumed it has to be something horrible that he hates Starbucks. No, it took them a really long time one morning. And then he left. and. He 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 ran a red light and got a I got a ticket for running a red light because it took Starbucks so long and he was late for work. And I'm like, I spent so much time <laughs> trusting him and hating wow. Starbucks when in reality <laughs> that was him. Like he ran that red light. Like this was this was some <laughs> weird personal vendetta where he was like, I insist on shifting the blame. To someone else. And he spread it to me. I went through all of undergrad with no Starbucks. He was your Reverend William Spencer. Yes! Because of him! So, 
your do your research, people. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I went, yeah, I went through undergrad, no Starbucks, because I he I could have sworn it was the worst company on the on the whole planet. Like I like it like the way he describes Starbucks, I you could not tell me otherwise that they weren't LexCore. Like weren't. Like there's <laughs> no way they are not LexCore and also like IOI from Ready Player One, like every villainous corporation, like Momcore from Futurama. Like that's the way that he made Starbucks seem. And then come to find out years later, he's like, oh yeah, I got a speeding ticket. I got like a, a red light ticket because I, I blew through a light. And now I'm just angry because I just went through years without specific kind of coffee trying to stay awake through all-nighters in the library when I had a source right there. He didn't even let you have Starbucks? Right, he was, well, he just, he made it, he, he was very charismatic. All right, everyone, here, here's the lesson. He was you very gotta, charismatic. He you have to it, take yeah. a pause, you gotta step back, you gotta question things, <laughs> that, yeah. or no Starbucks for yeah, you. At 2.45 in the morning, studying <laughs> organic chemistry, it's like, nah, I guess I can't, can't go to Starbucks. They're out here murdering penguins, and just, like, they, they've got to be doing something evil, because, like, he's just really emphatic that they're just an evil, horrible company, and <sighs> Blonde Roast is great. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Blonde Roast is great. I promise we're not being paid by Starbucks here. I'm simply reminiscing on my past. <laughs> Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. And I'm educator and comic aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJVS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. And don't forget our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bat therapy. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.